All right, all right, all right. How's everyone doing? I want to thank you so much for tuning in to Back to Your Story, podcast about real people and real stories. Today, we had on the three wise men, Tyler Turner, Simon Saval, and Mr. Moom. We spoke about so many awesome topics. It was by far one of the most intellectual podcasts I think I've ever had. Uh, there's really something for everyone, or at least I think there is. Uh, we talked about everything from the colonization of Mars uh, to AI, Elon Musk, Tesla, SpaceX. Uh, there's just a lot there, and it was fantastic getting to meet uh, Simon and Mr. Moon for the first time, having these three guys on the podcast. Uh, you know, Tyler Turner, as you all know, is a real good friend of mine. He's the one that told me to just fucking do it with this podcast. And uh, he really puts these two gentlemen uh, in this higher caliber of, uh, of human beings. And I, I, you know, never really had a chance to have a real conversation with these guys. I've never even actually met Mr. Moon. Uh, but once they came on the podcast and once we started talking, I was like, I fully understand what Tyler sees in these guys. Uh, if you guys want to check out the video version of this podcast, head over to our YouTube channel. Uh, go to youtube.com backslash back to your story. Once again, that's youtube.com backslash back to your story. Without further ado, here's the story of the three wise men. From the land of mystery, where dreams become reality, always listening to stories from the past, the present, and the future, this is Back to Your Story. guys are ready we're ready yep 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 good to go so brock oh, something's been on my mind all right let me hear it are we i mean this has been running through my mind yes i think about it all the time okay are we the descendants of an ancient alien civilization um visited earth and seeded and seeded earth with our uh, dna I, uh, you know, I, I tend to believe that sometimes when I take uh, mushrooms, I, I have these thoughts uh, about how this all started. Uh, you know, it was approximately two million years ago that there was this big evolutionary shift. Uh, and what is that? I don't know. Is it is it aliens that came down? Is it evolution? Is it uh, who f- who fucking knows? What are your thoughts? I think we have two guests with us today. Yes. Should be introduced. Okay. Well, you were, you were taking it away, so I was letting you do it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. How's everyone doing? How you guys doing? Doing great. Good. Fantastic. I want to thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. When Tyler said uh, you guys were both willing uh, to come on here, I I was so freaking stoked because, uh, one, I've heard so much about you, Mr. Moon. Number two, Simon, I've talked to you a few times. Yes, cheers. And uh, everything that Tyler says about you. And I, I just see your work. I just am so blown away by everything that has happened. They are grade A Rare birds, both of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the rarest people that I know. Well, when completely honest, and and that's huge coming from Tyler. Uh, Tyler's got huge. I don't know if I'm an alien. I'm gonna figure out which one. (laughs) Let the games begin. Tyler's got huge (laughs) expectations. Um, That being said, for the people just listening, why don't you guys introduce yourself? Simon, why don't you start? Yeah, um, Simon Saval. um, Great friends with Tyler, and I've known both of those wonderful people for a long time. 
Uh, and Tyler and I work together too at a company called Jupiter. Yeah. Um, and I'm stoked to be on here. So we're going to have fun. Heck yeah, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm uh, really proud of everything yeah. you guys are doing. Uh, and keep up the amazing work. We'll get into that shortly. All right. How about you, handsome? Hello. My name is formerly, or you guys call, call, address me as Mr. Moon. And uh, I'm a designer, inventor, and technologist. And I uh, work for, I don't know, about a decade in uh, tech startups and for a major movie studio. I was kind of looking a few years into the future and thinking about what technologies are coming down the pipeline and how you know, businesses or in some cases, uh, studios could utilize uh, and leverage that technology to create, you know, new forms of content. Wow. And it's fucking awesome, too. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Both of you guys, seriously, like, like Tyler said, great A human beings. Um, and uh, Tyler's here for round two. Why don't you do a little brief introduction? Yeah. So, so most recently, Simon and I are working on Jupiter. And in the past, I worked in the beauty industry as an entrepreneur and uh, excited to be working on the new mission, which is to lower stress in the world uh, through our company jupiter there we go get jupiter.com get jupiter.com right right off the bat nice plug there let's we get go. into some weird conversations yes 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 I want yes this to be uh, a fun yeah. interesting like i've gone on two two or three dinners with uh simon and and i'm, I'm gonna go with mr moon we're not using a real name i'm gonna ask you to bleep <laughs> out the real name please yes sir um and they've been the, probably the most memorable dinners that i've ever had and often during the conversations uh, as we wandered, some realization happens. And what I always do is try to give it a sh an abbreviation, okay. like a shorthand, so that I can remember the concept. And I mean, there's so many of them that I still reference. And when I think back to where they came from, they came from the dinners that we had. So I'm hoping that we have another similar conversation like that. I remember the time that I we went to the dunes. You guys remember that? We went rode... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ATVs. ATVs. My, my body ATVs. remembers. One story. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'll tell one story from the dunes just real quick because it's great. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I get off the, the ATV to take a video and I turn to my left and Simon has somehow got his ATV vertical. So it's sitting on its back. Oh, my God. And it's just wheels are just spinning, throwing sand everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, how the fuck do you yeah. get that thing vertical like that? And I'm like, and you have to see this. And I turn around and has fallen off his ATV and the ATV is rolling down a sand hill. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? No, At the same time? At the same time. Oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. shit. This is those crazy. Two seconds felt like an eternity. I, I remember that ATV being yeah. perfectly suspended in time and space. <laughs> yeah. It was only two seconds, but to Tyler and me, it felt like two minutes. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And then to see it. Like in a battle for his life with the ATV. Yes, the yes. Same. What were you guys yeah. doing out there? Uh, we were just riding ATVs in the dunes. What were the yeah, dunes Yeah, we were just called? being dumb. Fuck yeah. yeah. Just being stupid, like, having a good time. I love that. I had never, I don't think we'd ever been out there before. Pismo Beach, I think. What it was. Pismo Beach. Pismo Beach, man. Yes. Yeah. I remember as a kid, uh, my, my dad, you know, like we, we all went there and you got the big dunes and everything like that. And uh, we were like on this dune buggy tour, something like that. And we started like going up and down the hills and I was so fucking scared. Uh, and literally like after two minutes, I made my mom get out with me and walk down the dunes because I, I just would not even go in it. Uh, as an adult, I haven't even had a chance to go back. To I got that. a great photo of, of Mr. Moon walking across the the desert, I mean, the dunes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is a super wide shot, and there's nothing around him. Oh, he looks like he's yeah. on Mars. 
You got to send that to me. You yeah. got to send that to me. It's my, I, I plan to be a Mars colonist if I live long enough. So it's my early training for, for that mission. There we go. How long do you think um, until that actually is a reality? According to Elon Musk, uh, probably like 10 years, right? When the first go. How is that even possible though? Like you, we have to think about, we have to fly so many things there. Uh, right. How would we even colonize it? I mean, I know he has that yeah. big ass rocket. What is it called? Probably do a robotic mission first. That's what I heard. Okay. Uh, and get some stuff in place that's kind of dangerous and could go wrong. You probably have to do a couple of those. And once you have like housing ready and a couple of resources going, then it's, I think it's not that risky anymore. Yeah, the, the, the actual travel and landing is risky, but not arriving anymore. So you think? So so you think ten years is that? That's what Musk says. 10 I believe years? so, but there has to it has to be timed right too, right? Yeah, I would say ten years probably for those uh, robotic missions to have landed and start. You know, stuff's happening there. And so then, Tyler, you 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 yeah. might tell her that there's like a certain window, right? Like every seven years, there's like a perfect there's an ellipsis. Right. Yeah. And so wait, what is that perfect time? Why is there this perfect the time? Distance. Ever since? Okay. Uh, Mr. Moon can probably explain it better than anybody. What's the- yeah, I mean, both planets are orbiting the sun in sort of their own like orbits, and there's times when they're just naturally closer together in those orbits, and there's times when they're just farther apart. You know, one's on the side of the sun, yeah. and the other one's on the other side. So you want to like shoot such that because you know everything's like a moving target, but you want to like launch your rocket such that you launch at that where you, you launch ahead of time, and so when the planets are getting closer, you know you're you cover less distance than you would have trying to shoot at any other time. Well, um, what that means then is once you get there, it's a while before you can come back. Mm-hmm. Damn. Well, yeah. It's yeah. going to be a one-way ticket most likely for everybody. Most likely, yeah. It's going to be real hard to leave that gravity well. Can you yeah. believe it right now that there are people who are alive who are yeah. going to die on Mars? That's incredible. Hopefully in not on impact. Not on impact. Elon Musk yeah, makes that joke. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be fucking yeah. terrible. That, that, that would be terrible. When he just uh, launched the astronauts up to the space station, there was so much writing on that. You know, if that would have gone yeah. wrong, uh, his reputation, I don't want to say it'd be ruined, but it definitely would have uh, changed a lot of things. But seeing how successful it was. Um, and then just like the new suits that they created, they're so fucking badass, man. Um, for Mars, though, do we have to create like domes? Do you live underground? What's, how, how does that work out? Yeah, I think there's different kind of ideas. Uh, one idea I've heard is that because of the low gravity, you're going to have to build your structure sort of in like a donut shape that are on tracks, basically, at a slight incline. And this, these things are going to be rotating, uh, and then you can generate a 1G kind of environment inside. And then you kind of go up and down these like donuts that you set up underneath the ground uh, Wait, through like Mars? a vertical shaft. Yeah, yes, on Mars. Uh. Yeah. You know what's Holy great? Shit. You can ask Mr. Moon any fucking weird esoteric question. be digging underground. Any, any weird esoteric question, and he'll explain it to you in great detail. I mean, no if way. I know about it. <laughs> okay. you know, if Did I you don't know? know about it, I'll say well, it. We won't I, even I, know about <laughs> things that to ask about that you wouldn't know about. Did, did you guys see that? Uh, what was that? That movie with Brad Pitt, um, like one of his latest ones, uh, Interstellar. Have you guys had a chance to check that out? Uh, you mean at Astra. At Astra. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, oh, at Astra. Yeah, yeah. What did you think about that? Like the, the, there was just something, I don't know, kind of realistic about it. And I could be completely wrong, uh, but oh. how, how they were, you know, populating the moon haven't, and Mars. I haven't, I haven't seen the film yet. I've only seen like a trailer for it. So it's a good one. I'm a little not slow. Gonna, I'm not going to yeah, spoil it, but. 
they, they went all out in, in terms of being realistic, in terms of how they calculated everything and the, the models they used to, to animate everything. So as far as I know, it's actually super realistic or maybe one of the most realistic uh, movies I've ever made. Yeah, the, it, it, was oh. de- it was definitely incredible to see. I don't, there, there was just something uh, so unique about it, looking into the future, if that's what, you know, how we would like be on the moon and Mars and these different, uh, it, these, these different planets. It, it definitely seems like that is what the future will be like. You're going to say something? I'm a, I'm a fan of spacifying the human body more than trying to make ha- you know habitats that are you know in space in this super hostile environment but are housing these like you know meat bags basically yeah so what so do you mean when I, you say spaceify a human cyborg that you know shit, bitch cyborg or have some you know basically yeah use advanced technology to make it so that i can be out in uh the vacuum of space and not, not die basically stuff like that yeah that's something that's always uh you know kind of been on my mind when i think about it is that like you said we're just big meat bags we're like fucking balloons and we don't do well in space so how does the human body uh live how how do we even live on mars for an extended period of time without causing you know a major damage to the body it's pretty quick underground yeah yeah underground is one way if we have to be human right yeah but i i think that's not a long-term solution anyways i mean Long term, we have to merge with machines or send some kind of AI on like a really long space flight, like a multi-generational flight. Do you think that's the next oh, phase of phase of evolution for for man? Is uh, you know becoming a cyborg? Yeah, if we're lucky, no doubt. Yeah, if, if we're, we're lucky, lucky. It's, it's either that or the Great Filter, <laughs> and we're, we're gone. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys familiar with the Great Filter? Uh, I am not. So the idea, oh, maybe Simon wants to chime in on this since he brought it up. It's it's a theory about big very bad events that happen probably to all uh, all civilizations or across the universe where something very bad happens that just eradicates the entire civilization they built and it can happen at different ev- at different points it can be when they're very early in development just microbes or something like that or it could be that we you know blow all of uh, all of us to hell with nukes that could happen too um, or something like that or like the sun uh, causing some really bad event so essentially, like events that um, extinguish an entire species, and it's rooted. It's rooted in the paradox, right? The Fermi paradox. The Fermi paradox. Oh, that's yeah. right. Which is so 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 a little bit to kind of explain this. Yeah. Like when we look out into the stars, we don't see any signs of aliens. There's no aliens writing like, "Hey, we're here with like you know their st- their stars and their galaxy or anything like that." So the big question has been, where are they? Where are the aliens? And one of the answers is, well. Maybe there's just sort of these different milestones that a planet, let's say, needs to hit in order for life to form. And in many planets, that just doesn't happen. And then once life forms, it needs to have this like super stable environment so it can have a chance to evolve into, you know, all these different life forms, etc. So at each of these milestones, developmental milestones for life turning into a technologically advanced civilization, uh, different extinction level events could occur that wipe all life or the the civilization out. And so one of the questions we have as humans is, okay, we know we're an advanced civilization now. Are we past that great filter? Did did we successfully pass that like super hard barrier or is that super hard barrier still in the future and we're moving towards it and then we're going to all die basically. And the more common life is in the universe, the more likely that that filter is going to be in the future rather than in the past 
in the reality yeah. is it's most likely we haven't gotten to the great filter because we haven't had the technology to wipe ourselves out in a blink. And what about nuclear for very weapons? Long. Well, I mean, yeah, we haven't had it for very long. Yeah, this is true. Well, like, like the Cuban Missile Crisis, we, that we, I think we came pretty close to like wiping out the Northern Hemisphere at least. Yeah, but my my belief is that the Great Filter was is behind us personally. That's really? optimistic. Yeah, really, really. Yeah, and I think that uh, when you're talking about, I think it's really, I think it's kind of trivial to have planets that have organic compounds and simple life forms. But I do think that having planets that are so stable for so long, where you could survive, you know, for example, a comet striking and killing a like vast swaths of your life and recover from it and still give rise to intelligent apes. I think those kinds of planets are so rare. My guess based on like my own thinking about this shit for 20 years and just keeping track of as much science as I can, is that I wouldn't be surprised if it's like really rare, like maybe one technologically advanced civilization per galaxy cluster, or maybe per super cluster, which would, you know, given the size of the universe would still mean around 10 million technologically advanced civilizations in the observable universe, which is, you know, still a That's lot. a lot. That's a lot. Do you think, um, like with, with this rise of, uh, uh, like the Pentagon coming out and talking about, um, UFOs and uh, just everything that we've talked about, especially over the past century, uh, do you think that they're here? Do you think that they're watching us? What, what are your thoughts on that? I, you know, I've been struggling with that question. My guess is that if you're an alien civilization, um, something the size of a grain of sand yeah. or smaller than the size of co a Coke can is probably enough to do everything you need it to. It doesn't need to be that big, you know? So when I see some of these videos, uh, I, I just think they look too big. I don't think an alien civilization would send anything that big personally. Um, so that I think there's, you know, there's something there, you know, I, I wonder if it's maybe experimental craft. Um, I'm not convinced yet that that they visit us, Damn. visited us yet. So with the with the the video with what is uh, Commander exactly. David Favor, right? You don't think that's um, uh, you know, alien? You know, not not created in our planet, uh, or it's just you know America or Russia or China uh, with some advanced technology? Yeah, I I, I don't know exactly what it is. Um, I've seen I've seen really impressive stuff with drones. And if you can imagine when, before everybody knew what a drone was, if you were working on drones, you probably thought that was a UFO. If you you're not, seen one you're not suggesting that the Tic Tac yeah. was a drone, are you? No, no, no. Because okay. the movement of that is just too crazy yeah. to be a... Yeah. The t the, well, <laughs> yeah. So, but you, I mean... It was, it was like a non, it, it's not using any kind of like uh, rapidly like expanding gas for combustion. Yeah. The propulsion like system, it, uh, completely different. unique, uh, yeah. nothing that we have yeah. or that we know that we have um, on, on, yeah. on the surface. So... Um, it's interesting. I, it is. I, I mean... Per, my guess is that if an alien civilization wanted to kind of like keep tabs on us, I don't think we would we would ever know about them unless they yeah. on purpose wanted us to to find out. In order for them um, to cross the distance to get to us, yeah, it would probably be pretty believable that they would have the technology to make no chance yeah. that we would be able to see them. That is very true. I mean, I, I'm actually, you know what I think, if, if they are capable of sending these kinds of spacecraft, I think that most likely, you know, they're more advanced than us by thousands of years so you know they've probably merged with man and machine they might be able to send their entire civilization on a coke can 
or one of a probe this size. <laughs> They're sending trillions of individuals. It's yeah. not like a small cruise. You're saying yeah, just it's just data. Yeah, and then you know they they have copies that they left that they left for themselves back in their home world, and then they can just sync up after the trip is over. How insane yeah. would that be? I mean, to even fathom something like it that makes the most sense. It does. Con- it does. If consciousness can be turned into data, yeah. Why would we send a human body? A hundred percent wouldn't make any sense. No, not at all. Not yeah. at all. Do you, do you think in the foreseeable future we're going to be able to do something like that, especially with uh, like Neuralink and uh, everything Musk is working on and totally. other companies? Yeah. I I'm, think I'm so. super hopeful about that. Yeah. I think it's totally possible, especially with the new stuff they're working on where it's not, it's less invasive. You don't have to drill a hole anymore. You just put it through your vein and it essentially like snakes its way up to your brain. I could see that everybody doing that in, you know, 30 years or something like that. Like you just... And that's not. That's that's fucking. <laughs> that's so insane. I mean, and yeah. that's uh, in, in our in, in our lifetime. Thirty years from now, that's. Uh, I mean, it's a and blink I'm, of I'm an eye. I'm just making it up. I have no idea if it's thirty years, but I don't know what, what it must say. How long that's actually? Like, I don't think he's. Right, they're going to do some first tests. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's put out like a like a roadmap of how he you know of of like what year he expects like telepathy or for for example but i know that that capability is possible with what he's working on now would you do it that's a real question would you guys do it would you do it tyler yeah. simon mr moon would you do it yeah no, no on question. a long enough time frame i don't think we have a choice yeah and, and the question becomes is what is the consequence of not doing it that's, that's probably you miss out on question. culture you, you miss out on yeah. the culture is just the beginning yeah you, intelligence you become economics it's like it's like yeah. saying let's say you deny electricity and the internet and an iPhone like every you're just anti-technology can, like you can function you can survive you can live in a forest or in a hut or something <laughs> like that but you're not no longer competitive and can participate in modern culture so it's just the same extrapolated yeah, yeah it, it it's similar to the internet uh, if you're if you haven't been on the internet the past ten years you've just missed out you on have. so much now, now you don't even realize how much you've now is on. that a beautiful thing though like like individuals that are out there um, uh, that don't have access to the internet that are just living off the land living uh, you know like we were you know thousands and thousands of years ago um, yeah I think it's cool. Yeah, definitely. But I, I definitely appreciate uh, uh, the internet and, and technology and everything that it has done yeah, for you, us as society. In a way to look at this is not, I mean, it, it's advanced technology. And sometimes if you think about the road of technology, it's actually to become invisible. So there is a, there is a possibility that if we're able to get rid of our watches, get rid of our phones, get rid of our computers, and just have something like a Neuralink, we actually can almost maybe revert to a more natural state except for the one thing as opposed to having 15 different things. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. That is. Do you, do you think there comes a point where we kind of like ants, um, how they all, they kind of all come together. If you look at an ant colony, um, it's, it, yes, they're individual ants, but they, they work as a collective. Do you, do you think that there comes a time where, you know, us as human beings, we are that collective, we come together like I that? Yeah, so. that's the singleton, I believe. That's the idea that once the singularity hits, the merging of the minds creates this, like, uh, super mind called the singleton. Wasn't that how uh, Evang- yeah. Evangelion ended? Something like that. Yeah, Neon Genesis Evangelion, yeah. yeah. yeah I think, what what I is think that? That's how it ended. Uh, crazy good anime. If anybody oh, okay. Really good anime yeah, from the... From the early to mid '90s, from Studio IG. Yeah. All right, all right. There we go. One of the weird, weirdest animes ever. It got highly weird. recommended. It didn't start so weird. 
Yeah, they, they somehow mixed the, the the book of like uh, with Apocalypses from the Bible. Like they combined that with the Dead Sea Scrolls with like giant robot mecha anime fighting like stuff. Somehow all of that exists <laughs> in even going. Really <laughs> Can you watch it on Netflix or anything like that? Yeah, it is. It uh, was. It was on during Netflix. The, is it a, during the quarantine, sure. I watched the I rewatched the entire thing, which I hadn't done in a while. Like I hadn't watched it in so long that seeing it now as an adult, I was like, "Holy shit! <laughs> what it's, is this? I can't believe it got made." Yeah, I'm exactly. Like, what was it playing on? <laughs> what do you mean? Like what? What Cartoon Network or? It did at one point. It played on uh, Adult Swim, but when I was, I probably watched it on DVD when I was younger. Yeah, DVD. Same yeah. here. That's and, fucking uh, crazy. Yeah. Um. For you guys, like how, for, for you, like, have you guys always been interested in this type of stuff? Is it something like yeah. that your parents or how, how does that even, you know, for you, how's that even come about? I was, I was always interested in all of this stuff. It's part of why I came to the U.S. from Germany uh, to begin with. Like, I, lo- I love technological advance. I love, you know, humanity coming together and creating like this utopian civilization in the future where we all live peacefully together and we just create uh, and we're multi-planetary and all that kind of stuff. And I think being part of creating stuff is, is important uh, and a huge part of that. So I've, I've, I've always, I think it's like second nature to me. It's in my genes somehow. So, yeah. so I, I sometimes question that idea that we're, these things are innate because of these positive feedback loops that we get exposed to when we're young. One of the ones for me was, I think if I did something weird to my hair and then somebody gave me a compliment and so I was like, "Oh, okay. So this is how I this is how I this is how I get that attention that I want. I do some yeah. fucking weird in my hair. Next thing I know, I got blue hair. There's spikes. There are all kinds of shit. People, are like, this guy's a fucking weirdo, <laughs> but they don't know what to say. So they're like, hey man, cool hair. Yeah. <laughs> and the cycle continues. <laughs> it, it, so so I sometimes wonder, was there a thing? Because I can tell you what the thing was for me that got me going down the technology path. Do you, but don't you think it's both? It's like nature and nurture, most likely, and it's almost impossible to to actually know. You know. Like what that's true i mean sometimes there is a singular instance that starts a, a spin wheel that that just is undeniable okay for you what was it well I'm, i don't want to i don't want to infect their minds <laughs> shut <laughs> up but i'm wondering what i want to hear it yes come on it. it was the it was the uh, age of spiritual machines that was oh that, right 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 once I, yep once i read that uh and quickly moved on to the singularity game over Age of Spiritual Machines, yeah, that was a crazy book. Yeah. Wow. And then Wikipedia was like, woo. Wikipedia had everything on it, and you could you could go down the rabbit holes. What about for you, Mr. Moon? Uh, so I grew up in a really, really small town in South America, like with literally very little technology. But I remember, I remember one day there was a Michael Jackson music video. I believe it was Moonwalker where he turns into the spaceship. And I was maybe like four or five years old. And as soon as I saw that image, I was like, I want to be a spaceship. Oh, and <laughs> that's it. That was it. I was off to the races Damn. ever since, basically devouring everything about science and technology. I had, you know, the subscription to popular science and yeah. the, the whole works, basically. It was Holy instant. shit. So you just nerded yeah. out, man. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Uh, it was like a light switch. I was like, yes, I want to be a spaceship. <laughs> you guys know that, that website, uh, Future Timeline? Have you seen that? No. Yeah. I think that was a very early thing for me. I, I honestly don't remember how long it was ago, but it's a, it's a really cool website that shows you 
like what's going to happen the next year, the next five years, the next 10, the next 100, the next 1,000. Yeah. Obviously, the further out you go, the more shaky it is. It's just a pretty... It's pretty... Some of that yeah. is pretty funny. Well, it's, it's like... Huge yeah. rabbit hole. And yeah. Yeah, if you zoom out far enough, it's you realize how insignificant we are right now and how much potential there is if you really zoom out. Yeah, there, there, yeah. there's something to say about that. It's like how insignificant all of us are, you know, each and every single one of us. Um, but we, you know, we live and we move every single day, every single fucking day. Uh, for me, technology is just, kind of always been a part of my life and i can't think about a single point i haven't gone as far down the rabbit hole as you three fuckers but for 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 me it, it's definitely changed my life what do you guys see the negative right if you look at the internet right there's a lot of positive um but the negative side of it do you think that in time, the the positive will take off and continue, or there will be so much negative that it's going to transform society. I'll give a rough analogy just so to make this a fair argument, which is you give 100 people a hammer, 99 of them hammer a nail, and one person hits somebody in the head with it. So, <laughs> so, so technology That's a clip. is very usable. Uh, it just is the matter of who is using it with what intent. Yeah. And again, I think Simon and Mr. Moon both probably have a lot of insights on that, even more than I do. I agree with you. I, I'm definitely very much a technology optimist. And I, I would argue you should give out the hammers far and wide <laughs> and create more hammers and invent better hammers. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's definitely optimistic about it. But unless there's a great filter, you know, it's, it's, I don't like the idea that yeah. one or two or three people sit at some big red button and can like nuke us or something like that. That's, yeah. that's not, not good either. Same. Yeah, I'm optimistic because I just don't think we have a choice. So I get that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe that's the most rational way to look at it, which is okay. Show me the alternative, and yeah, I mean, show me the alternative. Yes. Yeah, there's and, no stopping it. And there's there's probably two tr true real options, which is, I mean, in capitalism, we go as fast as we can in as many directions as we can as a species, yeah. and we see who gets it right. Um, the other option is to find a way to slow the speed with the idea that we would have more control. Um, but the, the the levers for doing that are so f like yeah. And, and how do you? Slow I don't it, see that right? happening. Like you, you can slow it yeah. in, in, the, in Europe or you can slow it in the US, but some other country is just going to continue. China's like, hey, we're yeah. cloning yeah. people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this one. This one's got a laser on its arm. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they're already doing yeah. that? Do you think they're already doing that? Uh, what do you think? Uh, Prob maybe. I guess yeah, strong, I mean, strong possibility. Yeah. Yeah. There's a game, like, theoretical perspective that when you have these many nations kind of on the same planet, like, you can, you can never get consensus with almost, on almost anything because, you know, if the U.S. bans something, some other country will super approve it just out of spite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everything going on, like, like you said, ban, like yeah. TikTok right now. Right. Um, yeah. it, it's, I... We could curb artificial intelligence development, for example, in America, but how do you slow that down in China? You, you don't slow it, down globally. Like under can, Bush, yeah. right? Like way back, they didn't they ban certain genetic research and all that did was set the US back like a couple of years. And it's exactly. just inevitable yeah. anyways that it, that it happens because so many people are like, I want to walk. I don't want to have cancer. Exactly. I want to see better. And that's completely legitimate. You can't really stop that. Yeah, market forces take hold. And then, yeah, yeah exactly. There's a demand. It will find a way of, of getting that supply. Yeah, there's, there's definitely, uh, I, I don't see anything slowing this down. And when you do slow it down, then you're just two steps behind. And, and is it bad? Brock, do you think it's actually bad or are you positive about it too? For, for what? Like slowing things down? Or? 
everything like technology and where it's going this this trend you know i'm i'm 110 for it you know like you guys i'm very optimistic about the the future obviously there are you know signs and things like that uh especially things that go on with social media and all these different nations trying to play their part but as far as a whole i'm super optimistic and i i, I see that there does come a time where uh, we fully merge with machine. I mean, before COVID, I would, you know, let's say go to the mall and every single fucking person that's walking down the street's got a phone in their hand looking down, right? There, there's yeah. going to come a time where that phone is part of you and that's going to happen in our lifetime. Um, and so we, I, I talk about this all the time on the podcast, we are first generation cyborgs, right? I mean, think about how much more information and how you know, how much more smarter we are as, as a species with this uh, ability to access the internet and all the information uh, that, that yeah. it holds. There's a perspective too that's uh, not often talked about when it comes to sort of thinking about the future of man and machine merging as well. And that's that uh, if you get the technology to, you know, map the human brain at this detail, then you're only a short jump away from being able to do mental duplicates uh, yeah. of people. And so the natural thing that uh, you would want to do in such a scenario is find the best one or 2000 best humans at every freaking job, yeah. uh, capture, you know, a snapshot of their mind and then generate thousands and millions of copies as needed of their mind to supply high quality jobs at very low cost. And that's going to completely shift uh, the relationship between like what it means to be human and, and works because it will literally put every single human out of a job. Could you imagine when if there you wow. have the best, I mean, you have, you're going to have an Elon Musk level mind for pennies on the dollar. <laughs> like imagine a hundred I mean, Simons. Dude, <laughs> that would be fucking crazy. Is that happening in our lifetime? I think, I think at the rate we're going, there's a good chance. That's yeah. a rabbit hole you just open anyways with lifetime. And how, what, what, how do you even define that? How long are we going to live? You know, what's realistic? I think we're going to live a lot longer than, we, than you might think. Yeah, 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 yeah. True, true. Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, and I, hey, even if you don't live a long time, you could undergo cryonic preservation and then become one of these <laughs> uploaded future one thousand individuals who can, you know, pr produce a ton of uh, economic output. For, All right, run that Alcor ad. Okay, okay, but <laughs> run the Alcor ad now. <laughs> but well, hold on, hold on. So we 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 freeze our bodies, right? Even if we die early, right? Um, but what happens? If, you know, consciousness is, is really something else, like, you know, there is something after, right? Uh, this is just kind of that first step. Obviously, if they bring you back, um, maybe nothing's yeah. there or something's you're there. Asking, I don't fucking know. You're asking if there's life after death. I mean, what if? Yeah, what if? The, the, there's my, this is yeah, my, my perspective on that is that, well, so I, I have a weird perspective. I like weird That I've come to the realization recently, actually, and that's that from the perspective from the from the perspective of a conscious observer you don't ever die yeah. okay and i'll explain why i'll explain why all right so you're gonna die okay you're dead your consciousness turns off the universe keeps unfolding from what we know about cosmic inflation and it appears that the ligo data confirms that hypothesis eventually fast forward 100 trillion years right after you're dead the space time that we're sitting in this vacuum that's now expanded to this giant size can, can basically collapse in on itself and gener create, generate a bubble nucleation and starting a new cosmos. And one of those 
cosmos from all this, these little patches of space-time vacuum exploding, basically, you're going to pop into one of them and because uh, it's just law of numbers. And you will be once again be conscious. And you're, you, since you only experience time while your consciousness is running, the second after you die, you're going to be waking up again as yourself. Wow. And in another universe, but from your point of view, there's no sense of time. So what does it matter? Sure. So do you that's think kind that, of, that is, um, yeah, that's a lot to take I can't, in. I can't most that, of is it, that still you, though? Like, is it still you? Yeah. Do you yeah, have previous memories? And, and no, you have no memories. You have no memory because you're in a new universe. Okay, right, like, right, right. Like, so you, yeah. if consciousness doesn't include memory, I may have to make an argument that that's not consciousness. Like, if What is it? It's something, right. somebody else's consciousness at that point. It's not your consciousness. So you, you I mean, yeah, that's so fucking weird. To you think. need to expand your definition of, of you being a conscious entity by realizing that you are under the effect of uh, a wave function. So uh, not only do you exist in your current form, but probably all the possible ways you could have existed due to the quantum mechanical nature of reality. So I think maybe we need to be practice uh, expanding like our concept of self to include some of these uh, facts that we know from quantum mechanics. So really, I'm not just myself. I'm a cosmos of myself in different superpositions and some of them across different universes. And they're popping into existence and living in maybe some of them very similar lives to me, maybe in some cases, very different lives to me. But, but when you, if you come back, uh, what body, how old do you know what happened? Like, uh, no, you're in a new universe. It's just um, you're in a new universe and it's uh, evolved for 16 billion years. And the same sort of events that occurred in this one have occurred there. Your parents met eventually and they've given rise to the rendered version of your DNA code, which is you. And now you've got uh, you've woken up once again in the universe. Um, but you're a new you're basically a new person. You're just, you know, in wow. the pre in some other previous universe, you, you also existed. As this well. conversation is like on this iceberg and i'm just jumping from fucking iceberg to iceberg <laughs> trying to keep up and he's getting further and further into the distance <laughs> the, the, the primary mechanism to understand though is uh, i think uh, inflation and sort of what happened sort of in the first microsecond or even before the big bang and it has to do with basically something called the scalar field and it's a quantum field that can expand things and when you combine that with a a vacuum state you inevitably get basically uh, infinitely expanding cosmos that is cyclic and gives birth to more and more cosmoses uh, due to the process of inflation and okay. mechanics. Oh, okay, but it's such a romantic thing. <laughs> what happened before the Big Bang? Right. So Maybe there's no before, right? Maybe there's no. How does nothing come from right. something? I know that's hard to conceptualize, right. you know, with our fucking ape-sized brain. But as, so, as far as we can tell, at least. From a mathematic perspective, uh, even the even nothingness, like the null set, can even a, a, a empty vacuum can quantum tunnel out of that vacuum into into a state. So even nothingness can quantum tunnel out of nothing. But why is there a vacuum? Why is that? I, that 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 is the hardest thing right. for me to wrap my brain around. Is like, yeah. why? Right? And I think we all ask that. You know. And, and I think one of the, the, the challenges of 20th century physics was sort of understanding this vacuum. And I think at first we thought, oh, there's nothing there. It's a vacuum. And as time went on, uh, there was a realization that actually a vacuum is full of energy, is full of energy, basically. And quantum theory, quantum mechanics predicts 10 to the 100 joules of energy per like cubic centimeter or something like that. Um, but we just can't access that energy because it's our ground state uh, for the vacuum. But uh 
wait, yeah. doesn't wow, that's vacuum, doesn't a vacuum imply that there's a room, there's space, there's at least three to four dimensions, and therefore there's something before? So it's more like you could think of the vacuum as like a bunch of audio frequencies being generated, but they're all canceling each other out. Um, the, the, the frequencies are still there. Um, there's a lot of energy there. They're just canceling each other out. Thus, it's like a net zero, but not really. Is, um, sorry, continue. Continue, continue. No, no, go is it hard for you? I mean, because obviously you are, uh, you're very knowledgeable in, 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 in all of this. Is it hard for you to wrap your head around the before part like uh you know people have talked about you know the simulation um and i i don't know i, I kind of sometimes lean towards that and we can get to that but but for you i at least for me right i i can't wrap my head around like the before part for you does it make sense like you're like yeah, yeah. I guess the way that I think about it is that everything is made up of quantized space. Even the stuff we call atoms and particles really are space configured in a certain way in which the structure is maintained across time. And at this super zoomed out scale, we see particles, but ultimately it's all the same thing. And it's just space. Um, yeah. It's basically quantum states in, in a kind of, configuration uh wolfram alf uh wolf stephen wolfram has a model where he describes this as a graph okay um but uh it's kind of unsatisfactory for humans to hear that yeah. hey the universe is just a big graph yeah <laughs> so, yeah 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 uh, it's hard for me to kind yeah. of wrap my head around it um what i kind of said before is the simulation Avi, do you know a lot about it both of you you do yes simulation uh, what, hypothesis what, yeah, yeah. What, what are your guys thoughts on it you're a fan i like that Simon, I'm both. Of, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm <laughs> I know Mr. Moon is uh, probably much more believing in it or understands it better than I do. Um, I'm very ambivalent about it because I, so far all the arguments I've heard, uh, I'm, I'm still right in the middle, actually. And also, it's this romantic idea that it could be true and it's super fascinating, but doesn't help you that much on a practical level if tomorrow you get hit by a milk truck and you're crippled. I got a so, right. <laughs> I have another one. Unless, unless your future your future self is running the simulation or isn't, then it could help you tremendously. Uh, I got a, a shorthand for this one too. That comes from my brother, which was, I, I was, I mean, cause I, in another universe, I probably went hyper obsessive over things that I couldn't control. Um, just because it's part of my personality to want to understand things, to control things to, you know, so one time though, my brother said one very simple thing to me and it just stuck forever. He said, uh, it's like you're playing a board game and you're really fucking worried about the weather outside. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, that. oh, I'm totally focusing on the wrong thing. <laughs> focusing on something that has no impact on my day-to-day -day life. For sure. And so that was where I dropped a lot of the overly obsessive focus on things outside of my control. I, Which, you know, these things are really interesting and deep, very mind-stimulating conversations. But at the end of the day, I always end up dropping them just because I'm like, you, I got I to gotta play the board game. I mean, you, sometimes you have to. Um, Mr. Moon or Simon, uh, for the people listening, can you kind of just briefly explain simulation theory? The simulation argument? Yeah, theory, just kind of what it is. Yeah, so there's a, a Oxford philosopher named Nick Bostrom, and I think in the early 2000s, he came out with uh, his simulation uh, argument. And the basic argument, there's three premises. The first premise is, uh, in the future, uh, uh, intelligent civilizations run ancestor simulations of their past. You know, The second statement is, we... Uh, 
um, uh, we are not in a simulation because uh, future civilizations all choose not to run ancestor simulations. And then the third statement is we are most certainly in a uh, computer simulation. And all of those things can't be true. So at least one of those statements needs to be true. Um, and it's just a matter of which one. And so if you look at kind of our current trajectory, we both have the ability to make simulations of our ancestors, and we actively engage in that activity of generating simulations via movies. Uh, you know, the History Channel will show you these battle scenes, yep. these video games, etc. So seems like there's a decent possibility that we might be ancestor simulations of future humanity. Can you explain why that is likely from a probability standpoint? So depends on how you, I mean, I don't know that I, if anyone could do that, but um, so if the universe is expanding, it's also cooling. And there's like, you guys said, there's way more time in the future than in the past. Um, you know, like there's hundreds of trillions of years that lie before us, but we've only transpired 16 billion up to now. And so if the universe keeps expanding, it's actually going to be extremely cheap to run ancestor simulations in the future. And there's going to be all the incentive to do it because most of the stars will die. There's not going to be light. It's going to be very boring and shitty outside simulations. And so you're going to be running, wanting to run um, very advanced simulations. And they're, they're going to be very cheap. I think some estimates I've seen are like, you could do like, you know, trillions and trillions of all of humanity from the inception till now for like the energy cost of a 60 watt light bulb, oh my something like that. So that's incredible. And so for, for you, where do you fall on that? Like your, your belief in it or, you know, not, I think that stuff all makes sense. However, when you look at um, theoretical physics and sort of the mechanics of how the like cosmoses can even be generated through physics, it seems to me that there's, probably more physical universes than simulated universes. And so I don't know that I would assign a super high likelihood to us being a simulation. I think there's maybe a higher likelihood that we're in an actual real physical universe. Um, yeah. No, I get That's that. My... What about you, Tyler? Mm. The argument that made me really question it was the future probability one, uh, which is if it's possible that we will eventually at some point do it, the likelihood is that we've already done it because that probability is much larger than that this is what I think is called basement reality. True. If, yeah. if someone makes the statement, like, imagine you're in this room, right, and you can't see anything, and it's all black, right, but you hear this wonderful music, and, it's, and, it, and you recognize it as the Beatles, yeah. okay, and you're in this room, and you hear this wonderful Beatles music, um, and if you ask the question, okay, is it more likely that the Beatles are in this room playing this music, or is it more likely that it's a recording that's playing back? Right. And yeah. you know, more, Since there's very much more endless numbers of recordings. Yeah. It's the the probability of that is so high. Yeah. yeah. But to yeah. have them physically be there and have the to basically yeah. have this be the first run through reality yeah. would be exceedingly rare. Yeah. Now, I'm sure there is throughout, you know, the past 40 years, there's been somebody that did find themselves in that situation. And they're like the, uh, the rarity. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay, so, so when does, all right, so we talked about the Big Bang, right? What about at, like, the end, like, right? Because we're all moving farther and Long farther and goodbye. farther and farther apart. Long, yeah. Probably right. the most, like, traumatic thought is the long goodbye. Let's dive in deep. 
yeah. So what, what, what exactly is the long goodbye? Everything just keeps expanding and cooling. And eventually, the last stars. It's really, it's really pessimistic and sad. <laughs> the, the stars. I don't think it's pessimistic. And, yeah, it, if you create simulations, that's actually awesome and like a huge playground yeah. because you can run them so cheaply. But in terms of the physical universe, if it even is physical, not a simulation, then it just drifts apart. Uh, eventually, yeah. you can't see any stars if you look at the sky. All the stars turn dark. It becomes very cold and, and dark. But it could also just be an amazing playground with trillions of simulations where you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In the f in the far future, we won't know that there are other galaxies. You'll look out, be you know, and you won't see a single just galaxy black. out there. And you can actually never know, right? Because they uh, like because They're, of the expansion and the visible universe. Right. It's too far. Once like, once they go beyond the cosmic uh, horizon, horizon yeah. so to speak, it's the same as if they fell into a black hole. It's yeah. just faster than the speed of light you can there's nothing you can do can anyone survive that i mean will do you think there'll be people around <laughs> yeah or AI yeah or? i do yeah i do not think people, that. not necessarily people but yeah. if we turn into like pure information or whatever the future version of that is then yeah totally i think that'll be the golden era of civil of intelligence actually will be the post stellar phase of the universe after Powerful all the stars die i think optimism. yeah but i think that'll be the the golden age of computation will there be like you know like like all of us talking right now will that even be a thing like uh, are we just one yeah or? it will be but it'll be a fucking simulation <laughs> just whatever you want it to be that, that's just really hard for me to wrap my you head know, we had this conversation yeah. in the backyard when, when coronavirus started i'm sure and we were just kind of like blown away with how weird it was yeah and I, I think one of us had said it's almost like the simulation got just a little sideways yeah and so well maybe we're just a test maybe this is just well what happens in this simulation when you release a virus into yeah. a population like how, does, do they survive how many survive? here's an here's another perspective too is when you're raising a, a child right when you're like a parent um if you think about raising a child and you give them everything that they want and they suffer through nothing and they know nothing about history they just end up this like spoiled rich brat yeah. right so if you think about it in this far future with all these crazy ais um, if you just like start up a new mind without any kind of previous experience to what this, you know, the universe has transpired in terms of that civilization, they're going to be a fucking dick AI God in the future. <laughs> so, <laughs> so these simula simulations might exist as a kind of like a uh, nursery of sorts for these minds to know what it's like to feel embodiment, to feel, you know, to, to go through all these trials and tribulations uh, of intelligence and that maybe that their own civilization went through so that when they finally do wake up in this like super singularity black hole intelligence future uh, while the stars are dead, that they're like, oh, oh my God, like, okay, I get my place in this and I, I understand my, my heritage sort of thing. A great fictional wow. short story to listen to is uh, The Egg by Andy Weir. Okay. And that'll yeah. give you an insight to that, um, that possibility. The Egg by Andy Weir. What yeah. is it about? What he or exactly, oh, exactly yeah. what you just it, said. It, 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 he's, uh, Mr. Moon said it in a much more um, articulated way where the egg talks about it in more of a uh, thematic way, like uh, gives you a story yeah. to understand it. But that was actually a lot um, said in a much smarter way. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> Andy Weir's guy that wrote The, the Martian. Um, Andy, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and, uh, does, it, does it strike you guys a little bit, though, as almost like a new kind of religion? Where yeah. there's like this comforting feeling, either there's aliens who control everything and watch over us and prevent us yeah. from having nukes, or it's a simulation and 
an all-knowing, all, all-powerful future version of us got us covered. So uh, that's why I'm a little bit skeptical about it because it does feel like this very comforting father yeah. figure kind of religious thing. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, I, I definitely yeah. get that. And unless the simulators come down and and say like, hey, this is what's happening, it's yeah. it's kind of impossible to prove one way or another. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You definitely never could know one way or another. I mean, maybe someone someday can, but uh, definitely not me. I know that's for a fact. Um, what you gonna say? No, I was just thinking that. I mean, at some point you got to exit the simulation if it is a simulation. Yeah, but how would you even exit the simulation? Supposing why, 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 why would you need to exit, Tyler? How come? Well, I'm I'm actually technically referring to death, but. I mean, I suppose that there are two possibilities of simulations, which is this is an anti- this is a uh, an ancient civilization uh, simulation that we're experiencing, so that when we go back, if our conscious actual mind is there in the future, that we are like an evolved understanding um, entity. But the other possibility is that we're just an assuming conscious. Uh, we're just data, and we just assume that this is that I'm real and that I exist. Um, when I could just be part of a simulation being played out, or almost like a war game, where there's a billion simulations being run by future computers that are at war, and they're just trying to figure things out. And so we're just data in those simulations. So I guess I'd have to decide which of those two is real to to answer your question of exiting. Because exiting one is someone pulls the plug and you stop being data, and exiting two is you wake up in the future entity uh, yeah, with the consciousness. I guess it's like a difference expanded. between like a if you play a game and you just reload it or quit it, or if you're like actually like in a super futuristic VR where you you are actually in the simulation. That would be hilarious. You die and it's like you you're taking off the helmet. You're like, oh man, that was fun. Did you Where's guys, my wife? <laughs> did you guys see? <laughs> Only an hour has gone by. Did you Did you guys see Ready Player One? No, you didn't see yeah, it, right? Great. Um, there's, there's definitely something to say say about that. I don't know how much uh, you guys have used, uh, like the Oculus Rift, um, <laughs> but it, they are for for now. I, I consider it like the Atari. In twenty, thirty years from now, uh, when you know VR is at the level of like a PS five for today's standards, um, what is to say that you know a lot of people just don't stay in that. Or staying as much as I can. Just one comment before. Uh, There was a cold Boston night where Simon and I slaughtered probably 60 or 70 uh, teenagers in some VR game. So (laughs) we're familiar. And Mr. Moon is actually like so much further down the VR rabbit hole uh, in the work that he's done. Not so much anymore, actually. But for 2015 through 2017 or 18, I I was working closely with a movie studio and a lot of like VR content and doing... We, we were actually some of the first people to get our hands on the HTC Vive, and wow. uh, we had all the early Oculus uh, like builds and stuff like my that. First it was really day, fascinating. Damn. My first day of using VR, I went to his uh, the place of where he was working and tried, <laughs> I think, all of them until I tried the one that was whatever that spaceship was, and I was like, all right, I'm sorry. You did Space Pirate Trainer, I think. that's You loved that so much. Yes, Space and that's Pirate what I, Trainer. I, yeah, I, yeah. I ended up having that in Boston. But the, uh, yeah. the one that got me sick in a second was the one where I uh, – was it was uh, – I think it's an MMORPG on another platform, but it's where you basically sit in the spaceship and you look around. It was so, it was so bad. Have you ever done? It's um, just, what were you gonna say? I get motion yeah, sickness, so I don't use VR very much. Yeah. Have you ever, guys? It's just like a simple little game. You you go in, you press the elevator, you go up, it opens up, and then you walk out on this plank, 
and then yeah. you look down and it looks like it's you know three thousand feet. It's and so brutal. It's, it's, called, it's like, so scary. Richie's plank experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> my my buddy and I set up an actual like wood plank, yep. and <laughs> it's yep. I, you are so fucking scared. Uh, yeah, yeah. It blows it's close enough where it, where it messes with your brain and convinces you that you could actually fall. Yeah, and yeah. you're at like some bad story yeah. for sure. If you if you do an edible before that, you'll have a fun. <laughs> <laughs> no. I've done it on mushrooms, and that is next level, my friend. What's a VR? What's a VR on mushrooms like? I, I'm actually curious to know. It is. Um, one of the most amazing experiences, not on, not like on mushrooms in, in general, but playing video games or watching a movie. So that type of experience. I've had a lot of amazing experiences, life-changing experiences on uh, psilocybin, LSD, and DMT. Yeah. But uh, as far as playing video games, um, mushrooms, Oculus Rift, uh, you're, I, I played this one. It wasn't even like much of a game, but you are this little robot and you are a, you're like a kid's toy. And like the first scene is like the kid opening up the toy and you're the robot. So you're like looking out at it and, and the whole experiences of the kid, uh, you know, being a kid and then getting older and then the robot, you know, getting handed off and you just, if, for me, it just felt so fucking real. I sat down on the ground, so I was like as small as the robot, and I, I just had this whole, um, I don't know, it's kind of like a connection. It was like the weirdest fucking thing, uh, and that's what stands out most uh, on, on mushrooms yeah. in VR. Um, it's really visceral. Uh, the is. VR experiences I felt, it's it's like, whoa. Like You'll, you'll even dream about it and it, be like, you'll, in your dreams, you'll feel like you're actually there. Exactly. Even to this day when I talk about yeah. it, I can close my eyes and vividly yeah. see all of it. So it's uh, it's definitely a surreal experience. Yeah. Um, Google Brush was that for me. It like blew yeah. my mind the first time I used <laughs> Google Brush. Incredible. Where, where do you see this all going, though? Like, where does VR go for... Uh, Mr. Moon, did you say you saw Ready Player One or was it Simon? I saw it and it was a uh, required reading at the place of my work. Okay. Because that's what, that was the future they were trying to build. Yeah, yeah. Um, so day one was like read Ready Player One. Did you watch the movie by <laughs> Steven Spielberg? I did. Yeah. yeah there's, uh, do, you, do you think that's what it's going to be like? It seems like, it seems like it's, it's turning into a real platform. Um, and I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah. I think it's stages for sure. It, yeah, I think that's a plausible. Better, better, and it's going to look better, and it's going to sound better, but that's just stage one. And the next stage after that is that you actually start replacing real-world stuff like commuting to work, uh, going to see the Eiffel Tower, you, why, you know, why do you have to fly at 12 to, 6 to 12 hours to do that? Uh, and then eventually, it's going to probably become a tool where everybody can create easily, maybe just with their mind. And then it's going to become really weird. Then it's going to be really futuristic, most likely. Do, do you yeah. think that... Um the paths that evolve are like VR or Neuralink, or do you think that they involve, do they get to evolve in tandem? In tandem and then something like Neuralink takes over. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It disintermediates uh, right. VR altogether. So. It is interesting but how gonna take time. it feels like VR isn't going to make it. Because like, why do I need a screen and headphones if I'm stimulating the brain cells directly that are responsible for seeing and hearing? So you'll be able to do, like, essentially, you'll be able to have, you know, a Neuralink installed, uh, and you could do everything that VR does. If you want to go to the Eiffel Tower, yeah. if you want to play completely, a game. Completely can work. hijack your optics. <laughs> everything. So your feelings, yeah. I mean, it's your brain. So what you think is your eyes viewing, yeah. it's your brain. The brain's doing the work. So if you can, if you can hack that, 
hack, I probably shouldn't use the word hack, but if you can <laughs> put levers and dials on the brain, yeah. the level of control will just get more and more exact over time to where you can just totally change. Is like, do you really believe that it will be in your and my lifetime? Because of who's working on it, yeah. Yeah. If it was yeah. just some company, I, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, but because yeah, and he is and, and there's done. been interesting experiments on being able to do this uh, without in, invasion, right? With with you know non-invasive ways of of uh, both writing to and reading from the brain, and that's kind of what I would like to see because you know when when you're talking about the Neuralink uh, implant, you do have to cut into bone, so yeah. that's kind of an issue. And you do have to stick electrodes into your brain, so you are displacing brain tissue, basically. Uh, so if I could, you know, if we could somehow get that to be non-invasive, I would be, you know, all about it. Um, yeah. I do think, though, I do think, Mr. Moon, that uh, from the last thing I've read, I don't know if this is true, but they, I, I do think they're working on something that you get injected almost like an IV, and it makes its way up. It could be on your neck or something like closer. But it essentially goes through your blood vessels, so it's interesting. It makes its way, way up. Yeah, I just feel Gosh. too many people are going to have issue with cutting a little hole in yeah. your skull. Really it just, bone, yeah. yeah, it's a really hard sell for so many people. Um, yeah. And if it looks like there's any option in the near future, I think most would just say, "I'll, I'll take a pass on this first one," <laughs> unless the results of the yeah. people are outrageously good, or you have some sort yeah. of neurology that is causing a, pro a major problem. Uh, that you need to get yeah. fixed, then you yeah, you, you might be able to do this uh, non-invasively through the use of ultrasound pulses, basically like targeted ultrasound pulses, like and then doing many of these pulses at a time, and then you'd stimulate the right cells to give you the effect that you're seeing the Eiffel Tower, or maybe feeling the wind on your <sighs> on your body. That is so. Uh, that's that's gonna be wild. That that's gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the, and the, also, the, why stop at the Eiffel Tower? Like that's it's way too boring. Like yeah. I can't tra it, travel yeah. through space at, at the speed of once light it goes. Create your own stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's still that's still too boring for the masses. This is gonna be a porn. It's device, so. Let's <laughs> be honest here. It's yeah. definitely gonna be porn. <laughs> yeah. That's probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be weird. <laughs> it's like the most realistic porn ever. That might be an issue. You know, how are birth rates affected by super realistic? That would be huge, right? If you could have this installed, right, um, in a non-invasive way and be able to kind of just sleep with whoever you want, you know, porn hub Neuralink or whatever the fuck they're going to call it, right? Uh, yeah, birth rates would definitely plummet. Birth rates are already right. plummeting so much that this would just be the nail in the coffin. Yeah. It's almost like we would need to have some alternative way of procreating really wish which wish mitchell was here for this conversation <laughs> or somebody that didn't agree with the four of us yes i don't Dude, think it can. would be like it would, it would <laughs> honestly be like a combination of like tinder and like pornhub yes yes at the same time and because there's no like <laughs> bodies involved like who knows how weird That's that whole thing get is gonna weird. get weird it might be very disturbing to us now seeing what's going on then yeah, yeah definitely and just wait until everybody is connected with telepathy so you have to watch what everybody's watching at the same time. <laughs> oh my gosh um, yes <laughs> check this Give me out a filter. Guys. oh man no, no bullshit filter no lies you could read what everyone's saying or the opposite tap yeah. into the elon musk feed and you can just you know have the elon musk life maybe that's not a lifestyle you want it's a lot of business meetings probably probably but, uh, you know, insert famous celebrity name yeah yeah, yeah for sure know. the only thing that i mean i am a huge fan of elon musk huge huge fan of elon musk um i just wish he would take better care of himself it's the only thing i gotta say like he, when he was just on rogan recently uh you know he was kind of talking about that because i want that dude to live a long fucking time 
Um, but it, there's nothing negative I could say about him because uh, he's really changing and yeah. shaping, and, you know, and, and what and the you future's know what? like. I've been thinking about that lately, and I think like oftentimes like extreme people who have the, the, by definition deficiencies in other areas then because they're so extreme in some other area are needed to do this kind of thing. You, you need to the very eccentric, the very first principle thinking, the very weird oftentimes like it's not going to be the uh, average, completely average person in every lever that yeah. isn't Elon Musk. It, that that doesn't, doesn't make any sense. It's a bigger statement too as far as accepting people not just because it's the right thing to do but it's actually beneficial to have differences. It's yes. actually incredibly important yeah. that we be different and have different opinions. Uh, yeah. uh, there was a saying that I think I brought up last time, which was, I mean, if everybody agreed on doing something, we would all just run off the side of a cliff and high five, and we would never see that there was another option. Yeah. It's got to be someone saying, no, 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 this is much better over here. But that's the weirdo often. And there's the wisdom of the outcast that is worth considering from yeah. time to time. Someone who's not thinking like everybody else because some people will listen to this podcast and be like, what the fuck are these of course. talking yeah, about? Yeah, absolutely. But at the same yeah. time, you know, we're wandering these weird paths and we may find something of use for everybody yeah. in that wandering. Um, but then it's, you know, that's obviously then its own endeavor for that to, to have the mindset to then make it, you know, a viable thing for other people. Isn't that what social media though is doing? Cause it's giving you what you like and what you want. And it's creating, you know, these, these, these fucking pockets, man, uh, that, uh, you, you only see what you like. You only see what you want. Simon, uh, I'm curious what you think about this because you have an upcoming life change, um, where you have to be really considerate of what, mm-hmm. um, technology is, is being used and how, how do you think yeah. of, um, somebody coming into the world and not having because we all had a basis of operation that we had for the majority of our lives before we really started to get social media and this technology yeah. how do you yeah. think of it in terms of starting from zero and having a cell phone in your face it feels to me like right now and what Tyler's talking about is like an upcoming burst of, of congratulations of thanks yeah seriously man um, and that's that's a it's a tricky question, but to me right now, 2020, it feels almost exactly the same as the 90s still. Because at the end of the day, I can take my iPhone; it's turned off right now, and I'm talking to you. Well, I'm talking to you guys online, but I can just talk to a friend. I'm not plugged in 24/7. I have something in my brain. I think once that switch happens, it's a completely different situation, completely different world, and that's going to happen inevitably. I think like kids who are maybe born like 20. 30, 40 years from now, they have to get that stuff in elementary school to even compete, to even yeah. keep up with what's happening. It's so interesting. It's, it's the, the, the ones that I'm most worried about now is basically, I'm going to guess that it's somewhere in the range of probably 13 to like 25. Yeah. Because it, they're stuck in between the two zones. And yeah. it, it was, they're even stuck in a place before we even had the rationale to say there may be a problem. And we probably don't understand the problems yet. Like when I was a kid, we, I didn't even have TV for like the longest time. Like I hated it when I was a kid that I didn't have TV and felt different. Yeah. But in hindsight, it was actually probably really good that sometimes I was just really bored sitting outside with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. being, a, being an ape, you know, in like in the garden. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking yeah. of this where when I was younger, I had a place that I would go. And the place was where these two creeks merged together. And it was like this magical place that one, I also wasn't allowed to go there. I was told to not go there. But it felt like, one, there was the mystery of why is this place off limits to me? And then it was so different than every place else. 
But then I, I realized that that's probably a really unique experience uh, for someone now to have. Like yeah. how many kids nowadays have a place where they go that's in nature that is mysterious. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But you can you can engineer that, I think. And that's I, at least how I want to do it for my taste with my kids is to find a good balance. I definitely want them to be uh, technologically ad advanced and learn programming and all that kind of stuff. I think it's super important. But at the same time, I also want them to have these amazing offline experiences where they just build a fire or look through a telescope or just get stay bored, you know, swimming through a lake or something like that. I think it's super. Take them out into the forest. Yes, yes. When they're five or six, leave them in the forest. Yeah. They rip, find their way home. Their rip the Neuralink out. <laughs> <laughs> if you make it back, you can get your Neuralink back. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But the, but there really is something to say because our generation, especially um, the four of us, we were born without it, right? And then and yeah. and now we have it, right? But future generations, uh, thirteen, twenty five, but especially in you know twenty 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 thirty, the kids born, your kid coming, like that. This is all they're going to know. That's so addictive too. It's it so is addictive. so addictive. Like I, just that little bing bing bing, like that little hormone hit you get every time you know. It's. It's worth noting that Steve Jobs didn't let his uh, right his his uh, kids use an iPad or an iPhone until they were like I think in their teens. Let, yeah. Get all that initial programming development out of the way before you start fucking with it. With this screen. Yeah. Even now, I think though, he I think he just made them read books or something like that. I believe. Yeah. yeah. The it first was just like here's a book. I don't know. <laughs> go, at least like the first couple of years, like at least six, maybe nine years. But it's also, it's tough. Like we're saying that now with iPads and laptops and iPhones, but imagine if everybody has a, whatever the Neuralink of the time is, and you actually needed to even go to school or right. do anything to cross the street yeah. to drive the self-driving to give it instructions, you know? It's, I was lucky that I, I was in a foreign country. I didn't know really the language and uh, I was given a library card and just like Simon, we didn't really have much TV going on. And uh, yeah, just all, the only entertainment I had was a library basically. That's awesome. Yeah. But how, you know, how much does that play into who you are, you know, as a human being today? Right. I mean, I, I look behind him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think I would have gravitated towards that regardless. Yeah. You have a good point. I, I, I think my trajectory was really much to be like a hyper nerd from the beginning. So yeah. <laughs> when you were younger, did you get picked on because of that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I was uh, definitely like, uh, I was, you know, I was coming from a, uh, kind of a poor Latin American country to America. So I was younger than, than most of my peers because in South America, there, you just go to school sooner. And uh, I, my diet was different. I was smaller. I was skinnier. So um, there were many reasons to pick on me. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Okay. there's so a I, decent amount of bullying. That I happened. got a theory. I was picked on a lot for my physical attractiveness. People didn't like me. To be <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Oh, yeah, I'm so beautiful. That's why I was getting picked on. I was picked on too. Uh, it was, it was, it was, I mean, to different degrees, it was pretty uncomfortable from time to time. Simon, did you have a, a similar experience? Yeah, I, I was, I was hardcore bullied. And I actually did some bullying before that, so I had it coming, to be fair. Yeah, uh, but like in, I guess in America would be middle school, uh, I went through like some really crazy stuff. Um, but in hindsight, I hated it at the time, obviously. Um, and But in hindsight, I, I think Tyler agrees with me, we talked about this before, it's, it actually seemed good for my development and yes. becoming an independent thinker there. away from everybody else. I think that's the magic that comes from it, is, is being pushed to the outside. You actually become comfortable. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, well... 
I'm not really accepted anyways, so why don't I figure out what's out here in the wilderness and just kind of wander yeah. around and find, you know, it, it, again, it's not comfortable until much later than, it's probably much more comfortable than trying to always fit in. Definitely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ab- absolutely. I mean, you picked up? yeah, absolutely. When I was uh, up until about 10 or 11, I had a ponytail. I looked my dad looked like fucking Steven Seagal. But when you're 10 or 11 with the ponytail, you get instead of Brock, yeah. you get called Broccolina. And, you know, yeah. um, you know, and, 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 you know, sucker punched and shit like that. But it made me a stronger person. It made me uh, stand up for myself. It made me. Uh, <laughs> it was shitty, man. Um, so but, you had the ponytail. My- my dad was yeah. into leather leather pants. And so <laughs> I, as a nine, ten year old, would be going to school with leather pants. Yeah, yeah, you got me beat, bro. You got me beat. I had a rat tail for a long time. I didn't get picked on when I had the rat tail, though. Yeah, but I had a full on ponytail. So I, yeah, yeah I, I got made fun of a lot. That's bad. That's really yeah. bad, actually. No, it, it is. I look yeah, at no, myself. Do ponytail, buck teeth. Yeah, but. Um, but by the time I was like 13 or 14, I, I definitely started sticking up for myself. And then I was the type of person that, you know, I have friends or saw someone that get picked on and I would step in. I would say, fuck that. Cause I had this huge growth spurt. Um, I was still like tall and lanky, but I, I had this, like, I don't give a fuck attitude. Um, uh, there weren't too many people bigger than you. Yeah. No, yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's really important. I talk about this all the time. I, I, and, and a lot of people disagree with me, but, uh, you know, being a, you know, a boy, a young man, I, I think it's important to get, you know, punched in the face one time because yeah. it makes you a stronger yeah. person. You know, yeah. if you never get hit, if you never get, um, you know, picked on, if you never get, you know, shit thrown at you, uh, when you become an adult, you're going to look at life. You're going to take situations completely different. It, yep. it creates yeah. a shell. So you guys, ever- that's probably something to be said about, about Tyler, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. No, go ahead. I have a different thought. No, I was just saying like, I think our, the school environment and I can't judge the U S obviously being from a different country, but it's probably pretty, uh, artificially fair and peaceful and easy. Um, compared to like the reality when you when you become an adult in lots of different ways so maybe there's it's like a natural antidote for that uh, and the alternative should probably be being a little bit picked on and maybe some apprenticeships and like getting out in the real world as part of the school right there Uh, so important two two conversations did you guys break bones when you were younger oh fuck yeah dude absolutely twice uh when i was five and then when i was 10 uh which was during the leather pant phase and funny (laughs) enough Stop. When I broke my arm the second time, they took me to the hospital. This is a horrible. Oh my god, that was so painful. But anyway, eventually I got my cast on. The person that put my cast on was colorblind. So when they asked me <laughs> what color cast do you want, and I said red, she just took a hot pink, like the most girliest one. I love it. And in my mind, I'm thinking it's gonna switch color or something. I'm yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I clearly said red. <laughs> As she's putting on, you're like, oh, it's gonna not right here. <laughs> and then, yeah, so once it was on, it was on, and yeah, there we go. Yeah, uh, more doctor, yes. she's gotta know. Yeah, terrible, she's gotta know. Terrible, it's probably a nurse, right? Uh, but yeah, for me, collarbone, uh, arm, uh, ankle, leg, yeah, Two wrists at the yeah, same time. yeah, wrist, thumb nose yeah i've broken a lot so uh i would find the tallest thing i could climb and jump around or i was always jumping over stuff uh 
yeah, like I felt like I invented parkour, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> I, I was really into skateboarding as well. Me too. That's and right. surfing. Yeah, and yeah. surfing. Just yeah, growing up in Southern California. Rollerblading. Dude, that was the shit back in the day. Seriously. Oh my oh, gosh, no. are you serious? In it's the like the early nineties and shit, rollerblading at least out here for sure. Really? Like grinding yeah. and you know like street style rollerblading for yeah. sure. No, uh, not not too no, much anymore. No. Uh, I just had he uh, Heelys. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Heelys. Yeah. I, I saw. All right, so I had a friend who was really good at Heelys. I mean, he would grind every fifteen hands, fifteen uh, stair handrail in front of him, and um, there was like this. I don't know, fifteen or sixteen stair. Uh, right in front of our high school and um, every like lunch we'd go out there and he would do it and it's just fucking awesome to see like run up on a pair of shoes grind down it no problem but this one time he overcalculated and the dude literally when 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 he was on the ground and I saw him his his leg was this way and his ankle and foot was this oh, way bone so popping out it was fucking terrible yeah, just disgusting. Yeah. I don't know. You don't recover, you don't recover fully from that. No, 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 nah. no, no. Simon, nah. your brick bone? No, I had all kinds of other replacement parts. <laughs> 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 I had like, I had like a bunch of. I, I one time swung between like a bunch of stuff and fell really far, and I still have a little scar on my chin. Okay. Appendix out and all that kind of stuff, and my ankle. I think I told you, like I've flipped my ankle like so many times in my life, my right ankle. It's like a weak part. So I can't wait for Elon to come up with a better exercise. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would love to figure out. I would love to see that data, the number of bone breaks for people of a certain age, and if it's declining rapidly over time, because I mean the way that yeah. we lived before versus the way that things are now, I have yeah. to imagine that bone breaks are are rapidly decreasing in childhood, which I think is a is a Again, a huge detriment. During 2020, there were less uh, child uh, deaths than last year. So, and that'll continue, right? We we. we but think. that's just a general thing. Like that's. Just I think it's just from people staying in. Okay. No, I think it's just from from the people staying in from COVID. Oh, right. The yeah. kids weren't in school, so they couldn't, you know, break their neck on the yeah. playground. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they don't break their neck. <laughs> Holy shit. That's where I broke my arm in was was at school and they called an ambulance and they put me on the gurney like you know at the recess area and the whole school came out and they all like were just like looking at me and then like I could hear people like asking like is are you going to die? Are you going to be okay? <laughs> yeah, I remember the looks too. I split my head open one time on the on the uh, playground and I was just pouring blood and walking through a crowd of people and the looks on their faces. I was like, oh this must be bad and that and the other time was when i busted both of my wrists in the same year what? did a backflip out of a swing caught myself on my hands instead of my feet busted both of my wrists and i remember walking towards the teacher and like at that age when you see an adult freak out you're like man i'm fucked up aren't i yeah yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. oh my, gosh, like, my yeah. god what have you done oh my god talking about break breaking wrists um two weekends ago i was in carpinteria and um we were like doing cliff diving and you know all the shit but our, our friend, he kept on doing backflips, but where we were doing it, you have to jump out like six or seven feet. So it just was not smart of him to do this. And uh, we ended up getting a little tipsy. I have the video. I'll show you after. Um, combination. Dude, this is, it was terrible. Um, so he uh, goes to do a backflip and he fucking slips. And mind you, the water is like four or five feet deep. So like I was jumping out, but I was kind wait, of wait, like going wait, like wait, this. Wait, wait, wait. 
no, no. You're jumping into water that is four or five feet. Yeah, deep. it was only like ten feet. So when you jump, you go like this. It was like five <laughs> feet, dude. You got to go like that this. That doesn't work out at all, dude. No, 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 no. It works because when you hit the water, instead of going down, you go like this. And he was really good yeah. at it, uh, but not this time, um, dude. Please continue the story. He, he, I, I literally uh, like turn around. The next thing I notice is he's in the water and just like ev- everyone on the fucking beach is like looking. Are you okay? Are you okay? Come to find out, he slipped. He fucking broke his um, his his sacrum, so like his uh. freaking you know lower back, uh, shattered his wrist, uh, and he ended up. He should have went to the hospital, right? But he stayed the night because you either get airlifted out or you have to wait till the next day because we were on the backside of Catalina, and um, thank God he was okay. But he was in the hospital for three days. Come to find out, I never saw what happened. Right? I never saw it. Just happened so fucking fast. But someone recorded it, posted it on this popular inter- Instagram uh, 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 account <laughs> for like people slipping and doing stupid shit. Wilson. And then it got sent to his friend, which then got sent to him. And now I have it on my phone. Now he's uh, famous. Oh, and God. now you need to send it to us. I will. Uh, I will. I will. A hundred percent. to upload that to his GoFundMe. I'm 50% <laughs> sure. I'm like 50% sure I've seen this video. <laughs> Dude, uh, if, if we weren't on our computer right now... Um, yeah. Daniel, uh, my, my producer, uh, would have it up on the screen. It would be shared right now. But if it, if it got posted on the subreddit, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it I've to you. It. You decide to do what you uh, will with it. Uh, Holy uh, shit, crap, man. But it's making its rounds right now. Yeah, no, it's it's fucking crazy, man. Brutal, but hey, at least uh, you know there's some something positive that came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, well, at least I got to see it. That's all I care yeah. about. There's a story. <laughs> no, there's definitely a story. There's a story, and then the, and when he exits the simulation, he's going to be like, guys. Yes. Well, I mean, the dude's like 32 years old so he's uh, gonna be fucked like yeah, you, you when yeah, you get older like things take longer and uh yeah so I, I i do feel bad for him and and the fucked up thing is is a year prior i've never heard of this before but uh he was riding his bike and um he was going downhill maybe like 25 30 miles per hour and uh a lady allegedly ran a stop sign so he did too and with his <laughs> bicycle he totaled the lady's car. He no. flew up. No, no, no. Wow. Not, I'm not making this up, dude. I'm not making this up at all. Uh, and uh, he, fuck, I forgot what happened to him. But it wasn't like terrible. He's in the hospital for like a day or two. But uh, yeah, he lit, literally 15 minutes before he shattered his wrist and broke uh, his sacrum, he was telling me the story because he had to get like surgery or something like on his shoulder. Uh, and then he does this. His wife was fucking oh, pissed, bro. He does construction. Ooh. I, I I get it, I, but I feel really bad for. Uh, and know, he's understand. married, and he does construction. Yeah, 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 yeah. That could really fuck up your whole job situation. Yeah, definitely. I can imagine. Yeah, that's why it's uh you know be smart, especially. Drop a link to his GoFundMe. I will. So. Uh, he doesn't have a GoFundMe. I don't think he does. If he does, yeah. I will for sure. Holy I avoid shit. unnecessary take, risks take like that now. Four feet, four feet of water is safe as the takeaway, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he hit the rocks, dude. It, it's yeah. I'll, I'll share the video with you guys. Um, I'll. I'll Definitely sure. He, he won't care. He, he understands. Yeah. Um, you definitely need spotters when you're doing any kind of cliff diving <laughs> to make sure that if anything goes wrong, you land weird, um, that you have someone to, to rescue and pull you out of the water. Because if you land like on your chest from a high enough altitude, it will just explode all the capillaries. You'll just like be coughing up blood. That sounds terrible, be- man. Yeah, I don't know how high you have to be, but I'm definitely not doing that. You know what you find out is the more you know, the less you do. Yeah, because <laughs> you're like, 
there's 17 ways this could go terribly, terribly wrong. But yeah, it's a lot more fun if you actually don't know. Imagine, imagine being me and doing like uh, five <laughs> grams of mushrooms one time. Yes, my friend. How was that? Very scary. But good. Uh, yeah. Good or good. Good scary, yeah. right? I think I traveled to the other universe and met myself and hung out and I came back. Yeah. <laughs> no, there, there's something very unique about psychedelics yeah. um, that if if done correctly, if done correctly, it can assist with a lot of things. And I don't want to be like a broken record, but for me, it's saved my marriage, saved me from suicide, uh, allowed me to quit smoking cigarettes. The list goes on. Created- Same. Right, yeah. just like it, it Have literally. You heard of mindbloom.co, I think. No, are you familiar with that? Mindbloom. Mr. Familiar because you sent it to me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's apparently the one of the first, if not the first, places where you can actually go have a psychedelic experience. Yes. Experience. I've always wanted a, a space like that. It's, yes. That, that it sounds yes. like a Mind brilliant bloom. idea. Yes. It's not uh, mushrooms, though. It's I think it's kratom. Kratom. Yeah, yeah. Kratom, huh? It's not, I, I, I thought DMT. Huh. I didn't realize kratom was that strong psychoactively. I, I, I knew it had psychoactive it's effects. Shit tastes gross. I looked at the at their website. I think they prescribe it, it off, for off-label use. And it's essentially a psychedelic, but it's not the, the ones you guys talk about. Well, I've never I've never consumed it. I have no idea. Uh, the, yeah, it tastes nasty. It's it's fucking gross, and you got to do a lot of it to even feel anything. But um, yeah, I mean, I think there's different experiences for for a lot of things. But I know that there's this shaman in L.A. Uh, and I I don't have their information. <laughs> I can it. get it. It's but uh, they they'll they'll take you through a um uh, yeah, uh, yeah yeah an ayahuasca experience. Um, I'm a little scared of ayahuasca because of the whole purging, dude, throwing up yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm I'm not I've the done biggest D- fan of that. I've done DMT, and it was uh, one of the most inc- no, yeah, one of the most incredible experiences of my life. And uh, like I said before, fuck it, I'm just gonna share it. Um, so sorry, so when you, much, you bro- yeah, when you broke through, yeah, tell the story. Uh, now, before, just yeah, to be clear, Mind Bloom is actually ketamine. Not oh ketamine. shit! I'm oh, hearing a lot of great yeah, things about right. that if done correctly. I mean, I've done. That's very different from crazy. Yes, so different. Are you still looking for podcast sponsors? Because yes, that's, that's very different. Not yet. Creative. Not yet. Uh, not yet. It's legal, right? It's completely legal what they're doing. Yeah, I don't know if they would want me to share this, but I heard through the grapevine that it was a thousand bucks too for the fuck. Let's do, right. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm so down. I'm fucking down. We're gonna Look, talk. Live stream it. Yes. <laughs> Get one of those. Uh, you know, like the GoPro that live streams. Yes. No. Stream. There's a lot better one now. Hold on. Let me grab it. This thing right here. It's called the Mevo. This thing is insane, oh, man. Played with these. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called the. I don't know if you guys can see it. It's this bad boy right here. You can awesome. you can live stream to like Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, like all of them at the same time. 1080p, Whoa. six hours, uh, full charge, so it like lasts for six hours. Um, it's also got an SD card slot, so you can actually record it to uh, the SD card. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to do this podcast, but tomorrow's podcast uh, with Alex Legend. Uh, will be the very first li- live one. Yeah. yeah. Um, that being said, I'll get to my experience. Sorry, Daniel. I know you've heard it a million times. Um, I talk about it a lot. All right. That being said, so uh, two and a half, two and a half years ago, um, I was flying out to my mom's house and who lives in New Jersey uh, at the time, and I just started throwing up uncontrollably on the plane ride. Uh, 
long story short, when I got to my mom's house, I started like bleeding out. Like I went to the bathroom, started bleeding. I uh, got rushed to the hospital. Uh, they started giving me blood transfusions. They eventually let me go after a couple of days. Then when I went to the pharmacy, I'm giving like a sped up version, right? Uh, and so then I got released. I went to go to the pharmacy. I fainted in the pharmacy. They then brought me to a really good hospital, uh, which the first hospital should have never let me go. And I was there for about four or five days, ended up getting like really fucking sick. They couldn't stop the bleeding, got rushed to ICU. What was it? um, uh, So the bleeding was from a medication I was taking, but they kept on giving it to me. So it kept on tearing the lining of my stomach. Um, But what happened was, is I got sick in the hospital, like all the fluids, I got a, 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 an infection and I ended up having to be put on life support and they brought oh my, my wife God. to like that back room. And I just, I, I remember all of this happening and I had made peace with myself. I honestly, like, I don't know if you guys have ever had this, but like, I honestly thought I was going to die. I made peace with it. I was okay. Um, and long story short, I ended up making it out of it. Obviously, I'm here today. Um, And the crazy fucking thing is, is the way that I got out of it wasn't by anything that the doctors did. It was by the sole fact that my wife knows I'm a big person who likes um, like surprises, but like like ones that really mean a lot. Like my brother lives in Savannah. If she like flew him out here without me knowing, right, for my birthday, I'd fucking love that shit, right? So what happened was that she said, because she slept by my side the entire time, and uh, she's like, I'm going to go to the hotel, which they had a hotel across the street. I'm going to go take a shower. Okay, that's fine. But I'm like tricked, life support, like I couldn't breathe on my own, all this shit. And then uh, about three hours later, my wife walks in and it was my brother and my sister and they surprised me. Obviously, my family's going to fly out. But at that time, I had no idea. But it just it just made me feel something. And at that fucking moment, I was like, fuck this. I'm not dying mentally. Right. And a day and a half later, I got taken out of ICU and I ended up making it out. Right. Uh, but the hard thing was, is when I left the hospital, the very first thing that I did was grab the grass because I didn't like, I, I just couldn't comprehend. Like I, when you truly feel like death is happening, right? And then you're alive. It's like the weirdest fucking thing. And it took me, and I didn't, I'm a big person like in talking my feelings out, but I kept this inside. And I, um, about three months later, like fucking just a a wreck. I was in New Orleans for some work and uh, I ended up having a Britney Spears moment. I had a couple of drinks. I ended up shaving my head, shaved my eyebrows, shaved my fucking beard, literally went fucking nuts, dude. And, um, and I I just, I I just was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like I'm fucking done. And uh, the only thing that I was like, I've got to try at least something because nothing is working. I ended up uh, contacting my friend who had some DMT for me. I was never ready, but I was like, if the time is now, I'm going to fucking do it. And so when I flew back, a fucking wet seal, like bald, it was terrible, man. <laughs> it was so <laughs> bad. I had to buy like fake eyebrows. It was fucking stupid. Um, that being said. You were, your whole face was a disguise. Dude, that dude, you got it was, from, like, it was terrible. I, oh, man, it was fucking terrible. Uh, that being said, I, um, I, I go to my friend's uh, house, which was at like, we, we went inside the studio that I would record in as a kid. And um, I took the first hit. 
the second, third, fourth hit, I just lay back. And instantly I had become the most scared I'd ever been, but the most at ease I'd ever been. And I felt like I was floating and I was naked. And and I look up and I remember looking up and I and I see this face. And instantly I, I my father died when I was 17. Um, and instantly I was like, that is my dad. And so I started talking to him and he started talking back to me. And I was like, dad, I'm, I'm fucking done. I was like, I, I don't want to live anymore. I was like, I, I don't even know how to deal with this. And this is exactly what, not, I, this is kind of what he said. Um, he said, Brock, it is not your time. He has said, you have a lot more to live. And I shit you not, the moment I came out of that, right? It was like when he said that, every, like it stopped. Like the DMT trip, everything fucking stopped. And the feeling of wanting to commit suicide, the sadness, all of that, gone. Instantly gone. And um, to this day now, I, I go to a therapist and all that shit, but um, for, for me, I don't yeah. know what I would have done if I didn't go through that experience. Who knows if I'd be here today. Um, but the feeling of wanting to commit suicide, the feeling of uh, just any of that shit, dude, gone. There's something magical about psychedelics. <laughs> yeah, that, that that have that ability to just like like a sponge. It'll just absorb all that anxiety yeah. and negativity and let you at least come back to a baseline yes. where you're like, oh, okay, let me like actually be able to like think with my rational, you know, self. And yeah. uh, I've had a very similar experience to you, so yeah. I can you, you that, that rings true. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. There's just something about it deflates the ego. It's and especially with DMT. I that was my first time doing it. I've never done it since. Um, I'm never. I've never actually done DMT it's, myself. It's uh, you've yeah. done mushrooms or LSD, right? Well, obviously, um, it's it's like when you hit that really crazy hit, epic amounts of the former, not so much yeah. LSD, uh, okay. but but and by accident, honestly, it was more like I had friends and we kind of didn't know what we were doing. And uh, someone's like, here, let's eat like an eighth. And then suddenly it's like, here, eat a little bit more, eat a little bit more. Oh, crap. We, you know, each all, eat, ate two eighths because yes. we didn't think it we it had been like 45 <laughs> minutes and we're like, oh, we're not feeling anything. Let's eat another eighth. Oh, man. And, uh, one of those like oh classic mistake kind dude of things. some of the best yeah. experience i've ever had you know i don't regret it yeah no, I don't regret no it. man not not at all um when i was yeah. younger i would do it and i did not like it except one trip um that I'd, i'll share that fucking you later funny stories about a bad trip <laughs> or a good trip? well it's not even a bad, bad well kind of all right so um when i was 15 16 years old and i do not recommend this i recommend being an adult doing this set and setting are so important yeah, with yeah, 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 yeah. all right i just gotta fucking say it. <laughs> fuck off um but it's so, a funny story right so it, they're really not it's for a everybody. fucking it's it's, it's funny yeah. and heartwarming at the same okay, time all right so um not depressing like the last one <laughs> um <laughs> so i must have been like 16 17 years old uh my friend and i both had gotten um, some LSD on a piece of gum like go. the week before, right? And so we planned this, you know, this experience. I was friends with my wife. Alyssa was there. I was just friends with her at the time. Um, and uh, so my friend picks me up. Um, the whole plan was to eat it at her house and then meet up, right? So I meet up with him and he goes, did you, did you eat some of the gum? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Some of the gum? He goes, the, the gum had little slits in it and they were just individual doses. He goes, there's seven doses on it. And I was like, nah, dude, I ate the whole fucking piece. And he just starts laughing at me. He goes, no, bro, you're supposed to eat one of the fucking pieces. 
He goes, well, you're in for it, right? Um, <laughs> and instantly I was like, I was so scared, dude. I was so fucking scared. I would be shitting so, myself. So um, I'm, I, I, I go to my friends. We go to like this this house that we we're going to hang out and trip at, right? And all of a sudden, like the, the LSD starts kicking in and it kicking in and then getting stronger. And when the visuals fucking peaked when I was in there, the fucking roof on the house blew open and I could see all the stars, but then intergalactic spaceship fucking like firefights were going on and I'm like freaking out. I'm screaming and I was like, Brock, you got to calm the fuck down. And, and and then eventually like we, we, we end up leaving and, and I thought they were like running after me. And so I'm like fucking running, having to like hop fences and like freaking the fuck out. And everyone's like, Brock, calm the fuck down. Nothing is going on. And like, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that there's this like war going on between like these space race aliens and they're at the same time they're fucking after me like they're the cops and um and i remember pleading to my friend who's my wife at the time like you have to take me home my dad is the only one can save me and they're like they're like are you fucking kidding me you're tripping balls on acid right they're like no and I'm like, you have to i'm like crying right and in my head i'm like the only person that can save me is my dad and um and then eventually i convinced them and Bless my fucking wife now, who was my friend. She's the one that has to walk me up. And so I'm like, I as soon as we pull up, I run to the fucking door and I'm like banging on the door. It's like 2 a.m., right? I'm supposed to stay the night at a friend's house. And my dad, like six foot six, fucking opens the door and he goes, fuck is going on? And I run past him and curl up on a like in a little ball, like near the couch. And and my my wife, who was my friend at the time, like they start having the conversation. I don't know what the fuck they had, what they talked about. But then um, my dad closed the door and he comes, sits down, and uh, he puts his hand on my head. And then instantly I started feeling better. And he goes, what's going on? And he called me Zoidical. He goes, what's, on, what's going on, Zoidical? And I was like, Dad, I'm so sorry. I took a lot of acid. I'm tripping fucking balls right now. And most parents <laughs> would be freaking the fuck out right now, right? Uh, but he goes, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to uh, go upstairs. I'm going to tell mom to go sleep in your bed. And I was like, Dad, you cannot leave me. And I was, he's like, Brock. It's okay. He goes upstairs, gets my mom into the room, right? And so we go upstairs and we we lay in bed. And I shit you not, from like two in the morning till six in the morning, right? I'm sitting there explaining to my dad what I'm seeing. Now I'm seeing a miniature-sized spat battleship fucking going on his ceiling right but it's like really fucking cool and then like every time like uh something black would come on the free like on the tv i would just yell black or like something white on the tv white and he just starts laughing the entire time right and then i would get up and i go i have to check on mom i have to check on mom he goes brock mom's okay and i'd run into my fucking room and my mom and sister were there and their fucking face is like melting off like fucking just just a fucking disgustingness and so I run back in and he's just <laughs> laughing his fucking ass off right and so like I, this was single-handedly the best experience I ever had with my dad and um and so then like the trip starts wearing off right and the next morning I, I pass out I fucking wake up and my dad is standing right above me screaming at me fucking just so mad grounded my ass for two months but I was like, fuck it, man. I was like, I, I get it. I get it. But he was cool enough to understand. And I, I know he had fun too, right? But like he had, to, my dad was just kind of like the punisher how to lay down the fucking law. Um, 
but he knew that wouldn't have helped. Yeah, but he told all of his buddies about it. Oh my fucking God. (laughs) Yes, obviously, dude. So, um, yeah, that's what fucking happened. That shit was crazy, dude. That was fucking crazy. I can't even fathom (laughs) having to, like, deal with my parents on that much LSD. That's just... No, it was. It was a it, lot. I mean, it's hard to navigate an elevator. Yeah, on two, on, two, on two hits. On two hits, navigating a parental discussion on seven. No, dude, that's it's not happening. So true, man. Yeah, dude, dude, that was nuts. I think the reason that um, that I, I felt comfortable was about two years prior. I was at a punk rock show, and uh, someone gave my friend and I um, like a like a cigarette. Uh, or a joint, I don't like one of them, right? And we we smoked it, and I started tripping the fuck out. I thought the devil was talking. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Lo and behold, it was PCP, and my oh, friend, PC- dude, yeah. it was it was just I don't even know why anyone would fucking do that. It's just disgusting. And uh, yeah. my 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 girlfriend at the time's mother took me home, and. Um, Instead of my dad freaking out on me, he did the next morning, but uh, he just like kind of relaxed me and made me feel better. Um, so I think somewhere inside my brain, I'm, I'm like, my dad's going to ground the shit out of me, but I can't deal with this right now. So uh, I look at it as an adult now. Yeah, I was grounded for two fucking months, um, but I looked at it as a positive. And my dad was the type of person that if he grounded me, if I had a girlfriend or a really close girlfriend, uh, he would allow them to come over. So it was, it was totally chill. Uh, um, but yeah, that's just some crazy shit. I got a lot more stories, but fuck it. That's wild. Whoa. That sounds like a good, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. I mean, crazy. Whoa. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mind boggling. Yeah, definitely. I, I think anyone listening, um, being a parent, if their kid comes to you in any of these types of altered states, uh, yeah, altered states it is n- like, you just have to understand that if you start yelling and screaming, it's just going to make it worse. And it could be something that sticks with them forever. Um, yeah. So be relaxed, be calm, uh, guide them through it. And then the next day, do your punishment, right? But uh, Yeah, because the, the, the emotional state that you're in during a psychedelic experience is, is so vulnerable. It's, it, it, yeah. It is. It's it so is. delicate. It's it a is. very delicate mental state that you're in. And that's amazing that your dad like had that kind of, intelligence yeah. to be like oh i'll yell at him tomorrow yeah right now, probably not the time. <laughs> yeah so, very very strange but uh it makes sense and that's why you know although he passed when i was 17 uh it sticks with me to this day as single-handedly the most amazing experience i ever had with my dad um so yeah fuck it man life is life um so anything else as we uh kind of start to wind this shit down Tyler, Tyler. We didn't, I don't know if we could have what I would consider to be a non-complicated or, pardon this, but annoying conversation about cryptocurrency. But we do, as between the four of us, know a lot about it. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder if it's possible because it's a, a, I mean, there's a small portion of people who've maintained interest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's still to this day, you know, I, I, I invest on the regular every, every single fucking month. You right. Know? But, you know, I, 
it, it's it's not something I, I talk about. I mean, I don't do much. Yeah, no, no, no. no episode no, two. No, episode no. two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dive, dive deep into the world. Yeah, cryptocurrency and blockchain. Let's do cryptocurrency that. and blockchain. That could be its own entire. Because yeah, because there's people yeah. who would be like, ah, da, 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 da. I've had enough of that. For sure, for sure. But we can do one. There would be based. people who would be surprisingly um, like, there's going to be another wave, and I think it's coming soon. Yeah, I do not doubt that, especially everything that's going on with like the American dollar and currencies around the world. Um, and general loss in confidence. Like I think there's a general loss in, in, in all authority. Like everybody is distrusting everybody. Everybody's lying. All the politicians are lying. You know, you can't trust anything anymore. And I think cryptocurrency plays really nicely into that. Become your own bank, decentralize it, disintermediate. It's so important. It is so yeah. especially with like you said, like with everything going on right now. Yeah. Um and and I and I do not think it's you know this isn't um, you know investment advice or anything like that, but I, I do not think it's uh, too late. But there is a wave that is coming. Uh, when that happens, six months, a year, two months, three years, fucking and this five next years wave later. might be way bigger because you have things like micro strategy, you know, turning their whole cash. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I read that today. The company they went from two fifty. That, like that, that could trigger corporate FOMO alone. Yeah. When yeah. I when I heard that, I thought this is just some wild ass dude doing something silly because he was bored. But then when I watched the video of him mm-hmm. explaining why, and then the rationale that he went through to figure out that it was the most rational thing to do if you're holding the large sum of cash that they were, yeah. mm-hmm. um, yeah. I was like, wow, that's. It's and then he even says that this is a conversation that all boards should be having. Yeah, and he believes that he maybe just kicked the the can to start the whole process, or kicked yeah. the first domino. And now he believes that there's other conversations being the very rational conversations being had right now of how much of your liquid um, cash should. Yeah. I've had two conversations with uh, companies that want to do that, and they've been, you know, kind of reaching out and asking me what I thought about that micro strategy move so it's interesting yeah it seems like it's there's a lot of companies that are taking notice they're, they're seeing that and they're like hey you know what that's not a bad idea absolutely Mr. can you shorthand the logic as to why you sh- why holding that cash is a bad idea i mean outside of like the inflation i mean i think that's the it's, biggest it's, it's as simple uh, as that honestly that's the biggest two, risk, just yeah. two reasons two, the first one is all the central banks, all the governments in the world are printing a ton of money to pay for things they can't afford, essentially. Yep. And what that does is it raises everybody's money supply. There's more and more money. The more money you have, the higher every prices become. Everything becomes more expensive. That's what's called inflation. Uh, and so if you hold something like Bitcoin, say, that has a fixed supply in proportion to that amazing amount of dollars being printed, amazing amount of euros being printed, Bitcoin becomes more and more valuable because there's only 21 million Bitcoin yeah, right. ever to be created and so a lot of dollars, unlimited amounts of dollars. That's reason number one. The second reason is it's a disproportionate risk versus reward situation where if you buy stocks, they're probably going to go up 7% on average every year, you know, for the foreseeable future. Um, and they very unlikely go to zero. With Bitcoin, it's possible it goes to zero, but it's also possible it goes 10x, 100x, 1000x. And the, uh, so and the average... And the average compounding rate is something like 122%. It's like 122% with these peaks and crashes so, so far, averaged yeah. in. Yeah, 100%. So, what, what are your guys' thoughts on... Protecting the, yourself. No, I, absolutely. What are, what are you guys' thoughts on uh, everything that's going with uh, like DeFi? Do you, do you guys know a lot about like sushi? It's fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, I'm not personally involved in it, um, but uh, I find it fascinating. 
Yeah, I mean, yep. you, you have uh, companies like Binance um, allowing you to just kind of put your money in there, you know, put it through one of their, you know, DeFi smart contracts, if you will, um, and maximize your gains unlike mm -hmm. anything before, you know. And then if you went the other route of actually going through something like a Sushi or a Compound um, or Uniswap, they just uh, started minting their own tokens uh, I wish I had bought uh, some Uniswap a few weeks ago. Yeah, I know. It's pretty. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, I've been following it uh, heavily. It's probably the thing I look up most in my life. Oh, cool! Uh, I'd I'd love to actually pick pick yeah, your brain about yeah, it. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've been a little bit out of the loop. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm not the smartest person in the room, but I definitely can share everything that I know about it, and I I continue to pursue it. Um, I, there was like this one time, what like two years ago, that I had the Gold Block Network. Didn't really do too much with it. Was trying to create this YouTube channel based around uh, blockchain and cryptocurrencies. Did mm -hmm. a class um, on it, but I I, I stopped that because I didn't see um, a, a big future in it for, for me because there was a lot smarter people in the room than myself. Uh, but I, I, I talk about it a lot and I continue to try to, um, you know, share everything that I know. And I, and I definitely think uh, Bitcoin has a big future and, and especially with the news that came out today. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, we well, can Absolutely. do a whole podcast about it. I, it. I really like having one foot in it and one foot out of it. Yeah, it's important. Because I could... I mean, there's. I can just hear the number of people turning the podcast off as we go deeper. Yeah. Deeper into the <laughs> <laughs> click, 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 click. Yeah. Because I, I, I do know that it's just like anything else that gets hype and then has mm -hmm. a winter associated with it. Is that the only people that stick through the winter are fucking annoying? Yes. Because <laughs> they're persistent and they. It, it's two people technically. It's the people who really, truly, deeply understand it, and they're usually not. Um, they're not in the game of trying to necessarily persuade others. Yeah, it's more or less just a private thing that they. For know, sure. It has I, I, I would be the exception to your rule. Yeah. Well, then there's the other side of the of, of okay, right? So, Mr. Moon is the persuader that is not on the hype train. Wow. He's the one that can talk to you about mm -hmm. the technical reasons as to why, and they can go very, very deep into it. Most. I'm the, the guy people, always hyping it when no one wants it to be hyped. Yeah. I'm like in 20. You know, whenever like the lowest low is, I'm like, yeah, yes, like, let's go. Yes, and yeah, everyone's yeah. like, what? This thing is dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what they said, right? After right. The, the bubble in 2017. But, you know, yeah. look at it now. There's a difference of really, really wanting it to be a big thing and then really understanding why it's going yeah, to be a that's big it. thing. Mm -hmm. And that is the difference between two people talking about yeah. it right now in this winter. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think as time progresses, more and more people are seeing that it's just a valid move to make. It and is. it's like, it's a valid move. It's really so exciting to see what the future holds uh, with cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. I think there's going to be uh, a Super lot of yeah, a lo lot of amazing things that come from it. Um, and who would have thought? 2009, Satoshi Nakamoto, freaking, you know, putting out a little thing called Bitcoin, right? Uh, Absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah, he pulled it off. Yeah. Really. Oh my fucking god. Yeah. Kudos to him. Give him, give uh -huh. him, give him the freaking Nobel Nobel Prize. Yes, absolutely. This might be the hardest question that we've asked out of all the questions that we've asked, but is it a he? Is he alive? Is it a she? Is she alive? Is it a they? Are they alive? I believe I it's Al Finney. So, I don't know. I think it's I think it's Al Finney as yep. well. Yep. Yeah, he's dead, right? So, why isn't the, any money moved? You know, he has ten percent, right? I mean, or she, right? The or, argument would be that they definitely know the potential and know that it's not even scratched yet. Sure, there's there's that, but I just like to be logical about it. So he died with his I'm, keys. 
I'm pretty sure it was. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Hal Finch. Yeah, it's it entirely possible. Sense. But there's also there's early wallets from people that were known and uh, just early participants who uh, remained anonymous that haven't moved their stuff in a long time either. Sure, are just true. out of conviction, and you know, so hard to say. Yeah, cool. I don't think I don't think Hal Finney's coins have moved around too much either. No, no. I uh, mean, he was the first one to receive a transaction uh, from the Genesis block, right? Yeah. After Satoshi. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we'll. Uh, so yeah. either was or knew who was. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. What it, are the odds? It just makes sense. Like, where where's Hal Finney now? He's passed. That's away. what I would do. I would make another account and yeah. be like, oh hey, body. yeah, you got a body. Here you oh, go. Fuck <laughs> man, yeah. So what? Those then, if the if those never move, then those yeah, just I burned. Mean, yeah, just burned. That's it crazy. makes it even better. It the does. More, the more never move, the more lost, the more people, you know, just forget about their wallet or so passport or whatever, the better it gets for everybody else. The real supply is closer to like 20 million than 21 million exactly. just with the Satoshi coins. Yeah, exactly. Whew. I mean, really imagine if this does take off like we do believe uh, and it does become, you know, even half of what gold is or one fourth of what gold is. That's uh that's 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 astonishing. But you'll you'll be able you'll be able to like start like a you know space focused startup with one with one Bitcoin. Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well we'll see. We'll see. All right, all right, all right. Hey gentlemen, I wanna thank you guys so much for coming on. I uh I I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. This conversation has been a lot of fun. Um and I always enjoy being on a podcast, uh or just even being in a room with people that are fuck tons smarter than myself uh, because every single time that happens, I take a little bit from it and it just makes me a better person. And it's just been such an honor to really have a in-depth conversation with the both of you because uh, this man sitting to the next, to the right of me, I guess is, is my, one of my best friends on this planet. And he talks so much about you guys and um, yeah, I just appreciate it from the bottom. Yeah, it's great to officially meet you. And yeah, yeah awesome. Yeah, definitely. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's an honor to be here as well. Thank you. Thank you. We got to get you guys in the studio one of these days. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. And thank you so much for listening to Back to Your Story. Have a good night, people. Peace <laughs> out. Motherfucker. Boom. Wowzers. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. I really want to thank the three wise men for coming on to share their story and just having a fucking awesome conversation. Uh, it was a blast. I really hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, if you like it so much, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. It really helps us grow in a major way. And remember, we're constantly filming all of our podcasts now. So head over to our YouTube channel. That's uh, youtube.com backslash back to your story. Once again, that's youtube.com backslash back to your story. We're constantly putting out new episodes, new stories, new clips, all that fun stuff. Uh, and I got nothing else to say, but new episodes premiere weekly. Have a good night, people. Smooches! Smooches!